This is the Audibles and Analytics podcast, a Bucks-centric podcast today, looking at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers draft outlook and players that they brought in and who they could potentially draft with all their picks, but especially that first round pick. I've gotten a lot of questions on Twitter. A lot of you have asked, hey, John, what do you think about the Bucs and who do you think they're going to draft? And I haven't talked too much on Twitter about these things, but I am going to focus on the Bucs solely in this podcast because I know a lot of my subscribers are Bucs fans. You're still going to get your regular pods this week, by the way. Uh, NFL fans, if you're not a Bucks fan, you don't care about this one. Still going to get your regular pods this week. Um, and those pods will be out uh, as we kind of actually you'll get more than your regular pods this week. We're going to be doing ones uh, draft wrap up pods as well for each day of the draft. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, you'll hear get to hear Ollie and Shad a bunch on here. So uh, stay tuned for that one. But yeah, this is going to be a Bucks centric focused uh, podcast. And it's kind of fun to do this because they've actually gone quietly and kind of filled a bunch of needs in the offseason to the point that I don't think they feel like they have to address offensive line. And a lot of people think that they're going to go there that way with this first round pick. And it's very possible that they do, but I think they feel like if the player they don't like, whoever that is, isn't there, they're not going to push this thing for an offensive tackle. Now they are on the sweet spot for what we kind of expect uh, at offensive tackle, where we kind of expect the first round to go. It doesn't always work that way, obviously, but with the 19th pick, that is something that to consider is that they're, could be just where the sweet spot is for the position and the top players on their board very well may be tackles at this point in time, but bringing in Matt Filer, he's actually played his best football at right tackle, um, which I think is really important to consider here. He spent his last couple of years at guard, but uh, I obviously grown up a Pittsburgh Steelers fan and everything. I've seen all of his games at where he's played right tackle as well. And he was a little bit, I think he was a better right tackle than he was a guard, but it's pretty co- comparable. I'd say he's really, if he's going to play tackle, it's going to be the speed bend guys that are going to get him just because he's not, doesn't have that great range in his footwork. He's much better um, moving in close quarters. He's not a bad athlete, just better moving in close quarters, but the power guys can get him on the inside a little bit too. So either place he's a little bit limited. I still think he's a good player, a great sixth or seventh offensive lineman and a capable starter when you need him to be. Uh, if he has to fill in this year and start, I think that's fine. He's not somebody who's going to get ran over every single game. It's just specific matchups and types will give him trouble more than, oh, he's just overwhelmed out there on a regular basis. He's a crafty vet, a good guy to have in your room for sure. So Filer being there opens things up because I think they have a, they feel like they have a bunch of interior offensive line options. Getting Stinney back, Obviously, Leverett back in the RFA deal. Gadecki is continuing to develop, whether it's a guard or a tackle. Jensen back healthy. And then obviously, Hainsey is in the mix here, too, uh, to compete for one of these spots. And then whatever you get from John Molshin, who they've also liked and brought up. So I think they feel like they have a lot of options there. I'd be really surprised if one of their first three picks is an interior offensive lineman. But I feel like tackle is definitely on the board for them still. I mean, you have Filer as an option. Uh, Brandon Walton is here to potentially be your swing tackle. Then obviously, if you tried Gadecki on the right side. But my guess is that they will have Gadecki compete with with probably Stinney and Filer for that starting spot and bring in a right tackle. So I don't think they feel like they have to, but I do think they're probably likely to do that still. And if that tackle happens to be more natural on the left side, then you get to keep Tristan Wirfs on the right side, which to me, I would try not to move Tristan Wirfs. You look at the first round tackles, there's a pretty good chance that the one that they'll take will be a left tackle. Antoine Harrison is naturally a left tackle. Braxton Jones is naturally a left tackle. And uh, so is Paris Johnson. So the only one that wouldn't be is Darnell Wright. From what I've heard about Wright, although I like his tape, 
I think I'd be a little surprised if he was the Bucks target in the first round. Uh, I think they'd like Paris Johnson. He may be off the board. So my money would be on Braxton Jones or Anton Harrison. If I had to guess, it would probably be Jones with that pick. Uh, just feels like from what you hear about Darnell Wright, and I hate to malign prospects on this, and I think he's a really good player, and I potentially like him more than Jones. You know, that could be a possibility. I'm finishing up tackles as we as I get off the pod here probably tonight. Um, but I do think that Wright's just personality wise and some of the stuff you hear, you know, from scouts and things like that, just that does he love football? I, the Bucks have really stayed away from those types of players. And I don't think they'll want to take that chance with this pick either. So I would expect Braxton Jones here. If Paris Johnson's off the board, I think they'd love Johnson. I don't know that he's going to be here uh, for them. That could be a possibility. So tackle is one to invest in heavily. The Bucs are pretty transparent. When they bring in all the first-round tackles and all the first-round edge rushers for visits that they could potentially take in this draft, they're probably taking an edge rusher or a tackle with this pick. You know, There are obviously a few players who, if they fell, could be options, and there's always plan Bs. And you know, if everybody's off the board and nobody's taking B. John Robinson, they might just say, heck, we're, he's our best player by a mile and nobody wants to trade up. You know, for us to trade down, we're just going to take them. And that, that's a possibility. Um, I don't think that's off the table. But I think if the draft goes somewhat as expected, which it usually does, regardless of what national media typically tell us, the draft usually goes relatively as expected. And if that happens, I think they will be a defensive lineman, could be one of these big edges, you know, whether you call them a tackle or and we'll see. But um or a tackle or an offensive tackle. That would be my guess with this pick. Now, so I've kind of given you an idea. I think Braxton Jones or Anton Harrison is where it will come down to at tackle. Both those guys, obviously natural left tackles. That would probably, I would assume, keep Tristan Wirfs on the right side. I don't know why you'd switch both your tackles from the position they're more comfortable in, but um, that would be my take on the whole situation. Of just to the offensive positions, just to continue to kind of roll through this and look position by position, their top three at wide receiver is set. They are very thin behind that. There is almost nothing proven behind that. There's no Jalen Darden or Scotty Miller around here. Rashad Perryman hasn't been brought back and, and Julio Julio Jones, and I very much doubt either of them will. So they are going to draft a wide receiver as it currently stands at some point. I'm sure they're excited about Devin Tompkins potentially being that wide receiver four, but they'll draft one at some point. My guess is that's going to be on day three of this draft. They currently do not have a fourth round pick. The Bucs pick 19th in the first round, 50th in the second round, and then 82nd overall. That's a third round pick. And then they don't pick again to 153, but they have two fifth round picks and three sixth round picks. There is no way Jason Light is, and they have a seventh as well. There's no way Jason Light is keeping those picks. So just be ready. 175, 179, 181, those three picks all right there together in a six pick range in the in the sixth round. Those are, are the fifth to sixth round, excuse me, those are not all going to be Bucks picks. Like they're going to trade those picks, get another fifth or probably get a fourth round pick back package of fifth and sixth or something like that. And trade with one of these teams that doesn't like to draft a bunch of players like the Patriots that likes like two players every year. Um, they'll do something like that and get up in the fourth round, I think again, or, or another fifth round pick an earlier fifth. Um, but they're not going to have that gap from 82 to 153. And their draft, I believe. I mean, look at Jason Light almost every year packages those day three picks to get something else to, to move around a little bit. Um, and so last year did it for Zion McCollum. And I think we'll see it. He might have done it for, did he do it for Kamara too? I can't remember. But um, yeah, we'll see those six. I mean, there's just no reason to have three six round picks and a seventh. Like it's, there's just not that many good players in any class, let alone this one. So um, 
I think he'll make some moves, try to get up, get another day three pick. But I would expect a day three pick on a wide receiver um, at some point. And I would expect a tight end at some point in this added to this group. When that's really hard to tell because it depends how much they like Auden. And it's just very hard to tell from our vantage point how much they do, especially last year. It was like he was clearly better than Cam Braid, but they were playing Braid. Did they not like Auden or were they just like, you know what? We need a veteran out there. One last hurrah. We're keeping the vets all out there. You know, Fournette's going to play more than he should. All these guys like, and you know, that, that may have been the route that they decided to go last year. And then this year they're much more bought into let's get Otten and Keith all these reps. And if that's the case, then maybe this is a later pick and that they use it for a tight end. And we haven't heard anything. I think about them falling in love with anyone. Uh, if they trade down in the first round, that would be an indication to me that the tackles are probably going to be gone or they don't like the tackles that much. And the edge rushers are probably gone that they liked, and they're probably going to move down and target a running back or a tight end in the first round would be my guess if that happens. Because there is a pretty decent drop-off at tackle, I feel like, after those top four, if I'm remembering correctly. So running back, tight end, wide receiver, all positions I think will be addressed eventually in this draft or in some capacity, um, whether it's they can't get them all in the draft and then they have to grab somebody in free agency. I think that they'll do that, but I think right now they're comfortable with the running back situation, but they're also ready to say, okay, if a real talent, we're going to do our due diligence because of a talent that we just believe is special falls to us and everybody else we like is off the board. And in this draft, this could be tricky. We can't trade down with Jason light has already obviously done a bunch, did it for Vea, did it for Logan Hall. If they can't do that, then I don't think he would say no to a running back, even at 19. I, I wish I could say, that he would, because I don't think the value is there. Uh, would it be cool to see Bijan Robinson with the Bucks? <laughs> Do you think that'd be pretty fun? But because he is awesome, but it would just not be a smart pick from a from a value standpoint. Um, so that's where I basically see the offense at some point. Um, the tight end that they target, I'll just add this because wide receiver, I really have no idea what type. Um, we know with Jason Light is typically valued size and speed and leaping ability amongst wide receivers uh, early in the draft. So I would say. That leaves him very few options because this is a tiny wide receiver draft. And even if you valued somebody like Jonathan Mingo, which he might, he played like a wing and maybe he sees, oh, this is like a young Chris Godwin type and he'll spend a third round pick on him if he's there. But I think he's going to go in the second and I don't know if he'd spend a second round pick on somebody like that. And you know, Cedric Tillman is just a little too much like a poor man's Mike Evans. I just, I don't know who the wide receiver is. Maybe somebody on day three, if they feel like it, maybe Jalen Hyatt, if he, were to fall, but he's probably from what the rumors say, it seems like he's going to go in the first round. So it, I don't know what type they're looking for. I mean, they believe Evans and Godwin are going to be around here long-term. You know, they may be looking for like pure speed, like a burner type of player um, at some point. So maybe Tyler Scott from Cincinnati is somebody to keep an eye on, but I'm, I'm in the dark kind of a wider series. So I won't spend much time, you know, wasting your time, just crazy speculation as to what they're going to target at that uh, position. Um, but I, given that they lost Perryman and Miller, I do think speed would be the top thing I'd be looking for. Like, I'd be surprised if the receiver they draft isn't, didn't have a noteworthy 40. Now tight end is trickier because they valued blocking a lot in the past with the tight ends that they would look at. Um, but now it's a different offense. They can love to throw out of 12 and 13 when they were in Seattle he obviously wasn't calling the plays. Maybe that'll be different in Tampa Bay, but I do think we'll see a good bit of that. So tight end could be a very valuable add to this team. The only question is if they just see, oh, we like Otten a lot and we think the tight end group is still pretty deep down later into the draft, they might just be like, we'll take one with our third round pick again and we'll back-to-back. Well, I guess Otten was, was Otten technically a fourth? I can't remember if he was. 
yeah, he was, t- he was an early fourth, I think rounder. Um, and maybe they go that way instead. That's very possible. I think. Um, so that would be the tight end is probably the wild card. I would say, cause I'd be surprised if they go wide receiver early. I think they only go running back early. If everything else on the board goes against them in the first round and they can't get out of the pick or they trade down and it's just clearly the best player there, but tight ends, the wild card, how they feel about the class, what type of player they want. Do they only want an inline guy? Will they only look at Michael Mayer? Um, will they only look at uh, Darnell Washington or do they not care? Do they want a move piece? You know, do they want a guy who can do a little bit of blocking, but it's mostly going to be another receiver and just max out that group in, in terms of weapons and get like a Kincaid or a Laporta. That's probably the biggest change because they were such a unique tight end team in the past and that they asked their tight end to do a lot of things and their scheme that other franchises wouldn't ask of their tight end in today's NFL or not to the same degree they did. But if the blocking is going to be simplified for some of these guys now, then it does change the evaluation patterns for that position if the offense is going to ask different things of them than what it did before. I mean, Seattle was pretty zone heavy. That is typically a lot easier on tight ends than some of these manpower gap scheme concepts that the Bucs have run in the past if they are going to be more zone heavy. So we might learn a lot about the Bucks scheme and what they tend to do, what they um, intend to do this season as an offense by what they do when a tight end, as funny as that might sound, um, and running back maybe to a degree, but probably less there just because they'd be just looking for an overall talent. But the type of tight end that they draft in a class like this, where it's like pick your poison, uh, is going to be a pretty good indicator of where they want to head as an offense. So that gives you an idea of where I see. I, I think they'd love to draft a running back tight end, a wide receiver at some point. A tackle, hopefully, would be an early, would be the early and obvious, most obvious offensive um, pick. And I don't think quarterback or, or interior offensive line uh, will get touched in this class. It would would surprise me. Would, not impossible, but would surprise me because I don't think quarterbacks happen in the first round and I don't think they waste another pick on one. Um, defensively, this is where it gets tricky. I believe if you had Jason Light in a room and he's just like, I'll answer anything you want. And you asked him, what do you think about defensive tackle the last five drafts? Like this is based on conversations I've had with him and this is based on reading all of his commentary. I, whenever he speaks, I always read the whole transcript because I think he drops tons of clues as to what he's doing. And he doesn't really care that much about being somebody, one of these guys you can't read or anything like that. Like, I think he's pretty forthcoming for a GM. Like he says a lot of what he feels, especially about the class. You know, he will say this, not that great of a year for this group. It's a great year for this group. There's tons of them. And he already said that about tight end, by the way, he said tons of tight ends in this class. One of the best years, I think he said then. I don't know if as long as he's been doing it, something like that, but he indicated it's been one of the strongest tight end groups he's ever seen. So I think they'll take one. He's not going to pass on that position totally, but it might be later in the draft because he believes he can still get a good player down there. So it could be a second round target. Wouldn't surprise me. Um, Now defensive tackle is tricky in this class, because like I said, I think if you got Jason Light in a room by himself and you were just like, be honest with me, like, what do you think of defensive tackle the last like five years in the NFL draft? And I think he would just tell you it's been total trash. And I think he would, I think he ruse that fact. Like since he drafted Vea, I don't feel like he thinks there's been a good difference-making defensive tackle that he believed in in their range of the draft. Now he took Logan Hall last year. He traded down to do it. I frankly do not think he he liked the class at all. I think he was frustrated with the way, like it just, it didn't line up with their needs. And I think he felt that and he thought, I'll take an upside guy we can maybe develop and we'll see. It didn't look good last year, but we'll give him time. 
Uh, and I think that's how he, he felt like maybe, I think looking back, if he were fully honest, he felt like maybe he reached for a need and didn't just take like a, a really, really good player. And I haven't looked at the range of that pick and who else they could have taken and how good they would be, all those things. I mean, I know everybody wanted Lewis seen and things like that, and he missed his rookie year. So we'll see how that obviously shakes out in terms of you know long-term, whether that ends up being the right move for them or not. But I do think that in this draft, if you look at what their options are at 19, they probably will have an option to take one of the best defensive tackles in this class. In fact, other than Jalen Carter, they probably will all be there on the board. Now, the trick is, and I actually kind of like this defensive tackle class, and I think it's okay. I don't think there's a, I don't have a huge problem with it. However, right now, this is what it looks like. Mozzie Smith, Siaki Ika. Okay, both did nose tackles. That's not really a good fit next to Vita Vea. He is, I know they've tried more at the three. He is just better as a nose tackle. I like him more there. That's where he's going to play the majority of his snaps. So they're probably out. Out of Tamiwa, out of Warrior, mostly a three technique. If you even consider him a defensive end, another 280 pounder. Same with Kalaja Kansi. Are they really going to take another 280 pounder after watching Logan Hall get bodied all over the field last year? I don't think so. I just would be surprised. I think they're going to say we need a little more size and strength. We need a higher floor. We're not risking it all on one of these athletes again on the defensive line. That leaves a couple options at 19. The terror pick for the box, Brian Brissy. In my opinion, this would be the one where I would just be devastated if I were a Bucks fan. And he is a try-hard guy. He works his tail off. So at least there would be that. Like he would be loved in the locker room. He's physical. He's he plays with an edge. He's all the right, says all the right things. Like all those things are true. But that pad level, that lack of block recognition, that little of a pass rush plan, it's just asking a lot. And he's twitchy and he's big, but he's six five and he plays six five from the D line, which means he's standing straight up and guys can get under his pads. And he is strong. He's big and strong and fast. Like those things are true, but that is not what makes a good defensive tackle. That's a building block. So if he were starting college, that's great building blocks coming out of college into the NFL. Good luck. It just has not worked out very often where teams have said, we're going to go with traits at defensive tackle. It is first and foremost, a physical and technique position. Every single year, teams, when the teams overvalue those traits and don't value the technique and stuff, guys who can play the right way and aren't great athletes, they get drafted later, almost always find these gigs. They almost always find these jobs, whether it's David Onyemata or DJ Jones over the years. I mean, Grover Stewart, there's so many players, the defensive tackle, because teams said, you know, you're just not the athlete that we're looking for, really. Like, we value these other things, or, you know, this, this guy's flashy and this guy does, doesn't matter. Like, if you can't play technically and mentally, you can't play defensive tackle. Like, you could be a pass rush specialist, maybe. Awesome. Um, there's less of those defensive tackle than than people would like you to believe when it comes to draft time. It's just very hard for and Brissy doesn't although he has the traits to be a good passer, so he doesn't really have like a toolkit right now. He doesn't have he doesn't set people up. He doesn't stand out in that way on tape. So it would just be a tools pick, and I'd be really worried about that. I would not like that pick at all. But he does have size, and he does have strength, and he does have quickness, and those are all things the Bucks want. Biggest quote from Jason Light's uh, presser was him saying, we need to get faster. I think he means that on both sides of the ball. I do not think he's going to draft a bad athlete in this class, uh, especially in the first three rounds. So Brissy's a solid athlete. That could be the direction that they go, and that's the one I'd be worried about, but that's possible in the first round. If he waited, maybe Keanu Benton from Wisconsin, who's a very interesting player. Talk about pad level. He 
plays absolutely sky high at defensive tackle, but it could be a fit. That is, I mean, his frame is unbelievable. Like his arm length is his size. I mean, the muscle, he hardly has any bad weight on him. He has an unreal frame, but he just doesn't play to it that often. And I, I'm not that high on him either. And that the, the, the defensive tackles I'm worried about them taking are guys. I just don't feel that strongly about. So that's where I'd be worried, you know, day three of the draft, there's some interesting players, the Keandre Coburn, Moro Ojomo who can fill roles the two guys I haven't watched yet that I'm going to try to watch tonight actually is Gervon Dexter from Florida and Zach Pickens from South Carolina. I saw Pickens at the senior bowl was not impressed. Um, so we'll see what the tape shows, but most people have him in the third round. Dexter is getting kind of second round buzz right now and wor- worth a look at him probably, but for C Benton, those would be my guesses. And I don't think those will happen. For C could happen in the first round. That would scare me, especially a trade down and maybe take him. That would scare me. He's one of the worry picks for me right now. Um, but I just don't know that there's a lot. Of, I think there's a couple of good defensive tackles in this class. I don't know if the fit is there for the box, which explains why they have looked so heavily at edge rusher because they need help on the defensive line. A lot of teams will just group that together. We need to improve our four man pass rush. So now they're bringing in Nolan Smith and Miles Murphy and Lucas Van Ness and looking at these guys. And I think the pick will, if it's not a tackle, I do think the pick will be one of these guys. If I had to guess, um, Will Van Ness be there is probably the big question because Iowa, the connection there, Anthony Nelson, Tristan Wirfs, and they obviously feel good about that scouting there. And as long as the coaches at Iowa have said good things about him, which it seems like they have, even though they never started him for a game, um, that I think will be where they go at this position. So that he would be on my short list, along with Braxton Jones, probably of, of guesses for the Bucs uh, in round one, if I had to guess. Miles Murphy would probably be on that list as well. But I would want to know, the Bucs are going to want to know why he showed up so little on tape, why the flashes were there and he has the ability to do it all, but it wasn't consistently put together on tape. If they can feel comfortable in why that happened, maybe they'll take him. But he's going to need a strong vote of confidence from his coaches and his character and all of those things um, before they do that, I think. So that one will be worth watching. We've heard very little about Miles Murphy. The early January talk was, could he go over uh, Will Anderson? And now he is firmly like the fourth or fifth edge off the board. Uh, it's pretty wild considering he hasn't done anything uh, except test finally and tested pretty well. I guess his three cone was his three cone. I forget one of the drills he did wasn't amazing, but um, overall I thought it was still pretty good test. I mean, he is definitely a good functional athlete when you watch him on tape. There's no doubt about that. It's just a matter of why it shows up so seldom compared to what his talent level is. Will McDonald from Iowa state. Again, some of these guys, I just think they're, they don't want to be that small. I just worry, but because after hearing them say, Oh, we wish Joe trying drink did more speed to power, more speed to power, more speed to power. That's why I think Van Ness is going to be team tend to think very linearly, right? Like they tend to be, we need more speed to power. Here's the guy that just did speed to power. <laughs> Let's bring him in and he can play inside. Maybe if we need him to on long and laid downs, there's no doubt he could play with, uh, Shaq Barron and he could play with um he could play with Joe Tryon Shoinka too on long and late down. So I think that they I would have guessed that Van Ness is very high on their board if I were going to guess. And the more I watched Van Ness, the more I warmed to him a little bit, kind of like Tryon Shoinka and that way. Not they weren't similar evaluation wise, but just from my perspective, I start off really low on them. And then as they tested and did some things, you know, during the pre-draft process, I watched a little more tape and I, okay, I get the vision. My struggle with Van Ness is just that he barely plays on the outside. He just, he barely plays edge rusher and he's going to need to play edge rusher in the NFL. He's a 270, 275 pound player. He's not going to play on the interior full time. 
So is he, you know, one of these move around guys? Is he like a Michael Johnson or like a Sam Hubbard type? I'm just pulling out old Bengals because they used to run these schemes all the time where they had tons of these inside outside guys and still do that with Sam Hubbard. I, I don't know like what he is exactly because there's so few moves on his tape, but the twitch is there. I think the athleticism is there. The power is there, but there's just no pass rush moves. I have no idea if he can bend the edge or not. Like he just doesn't even try to corner and cornering. Although athleticism is crucial to doing it in the NFL, it is an art to figure out the timing and the nuance of the movement required to corner. And if you can't win on the outside track as a pass rusher, in the NFL as an edge rusher, you're probably not going to win very often. That is the primary path in which you set up the rest of your pass rush move. So I like Van Ness a little more than I did. He is my edge five. This would still be a reach for me for sure, but I'd feel better about Van Ness than I do about Percy. No question about that. So those are two of my worry picks probably a little bit, but it's not like I feel that much better about Miles Murphy. I have him ranked higher than Van Ness, but not by much. Like his grade is not much higher than Van Ness's. So this is not a huge difference in my book, although I like Murphy's upside a little bit more. In fact, if I knew them both and I felt more confident in Van Ness's football character than Murphy, just because, and I don't feel not feel that way about Murphy. I just don't know for sure because on tape, there's these ebbs and flows to his effort. And it worries me a little bit from a distance, but if I were a team, I could very easily see me liking Van Ness over Murphy just because of that variable. And the box will value that a lot. So that's something to keep in mind there. I do think Van Ness is going to be on the short list. It would surprise me if some of these smaller guys like McDonald and Nolan Smith are, are their pick. I love Nolan Smith. I don't know what you do with 230 some pound edge rushers and that's what he and McDonald are. So does not seem like the direction they'll go. If I'm Tampa Bay, I believe that they'll go with size and strength here. So Murphy and Van Ness fit that. Ojolari is kind of in between. Um, it's possible. It's possible. If a trade down, maybe. Um, Enadike is Azuma from Kansas State. Uh, could be an option to trade down. I, or maybe in the second round, we'll see where he ends up coming off the board. There's rumors that he could be a first rounder. I, I think he'll be a, a second or third rounder. So um, that could be an option for them later on if they don't take it, if they take tackle early. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think Wilson and Anderson will be off the board at that point for sure. And so it'll be a matter of kind of who's left for them a little bit. Ojolari is the wild card probably of all these guys. I don't think they'll take Keon White. I don't. I don't think they're into upside that much <laughs> to take a guy like that. No, I mean, that should do it for the first round caliber edges. So there's kind of an edge preview for you. Take safety and linebacker off the board. I don't think the Bucs will touch those two positions in this draft. Um, like kind of talked down on the linebacker class in his last presser uh, talking about the draft. He was kind of not very praiseworthy of it. It could be a day three pick, but I, you know, late sixth or something like I don't care about those picks that much. Um, so I don't think they'll touch that position in this class. Um, I don't think they will uh, go there with safety either, just a bad safety class. And they feel like they got Ryan Neal in there and that's their other starter. And then they could take one at some point, but it'll, again, it'll be a late pick, I believe. I don't think that'll be a premium pick for them. Um, there's always safeties laying around that you can pick up too. And and so I don't think they're super stressing about that spot right now um, on their defense. So, yeah, I think that they're probably in corners – uh, not a first round, I don't think for them, but at some point in the draft, that'll be one that they look at, keep looking at, I think. But I don't know that they'll feel a lot of pressure to do it unless the board falls a certain way. I, I think they feel like Zion McCollum is on the come up. D Delaney is a capable nickel and they have Dean and Davis as their two outside guys. So I don't think they'll feel a ton of pressure to do it there unless they just, the board falls a certain way and a guy they love is sitting there kind of like running back. Um, 
I think they see it that way. So I don't think you'll see a ton of defensive picks for the Bucs uh, unless the board falls a certain way, but I do think you'll see them taking edge rusher. And then what they do at D-tackle will be fascinating because I do think Golston is going to be back here eventually. And so they'll have Golston, Logan Hall, Vita Vag, Greg Gaines as a top four. And then Sonata is still here. O'Connor still here. So they have like six guys who can play. I just, none of those guys are great, you know, pass rushers other than like Vea. And so Gaines is a good player. And again, they'll take one if they can, but I just, the class is not very good. I think Jason Lay is just wishing so badly that there were better defensive tackle options. Um, and I just don't know that there are. So yeah, that's kind of how I see the Bucks draft board playing out. They've got a bunch of picks right now and I expect them to consolidate some of those day three picks. Uh, get maybe up in around four. But if I were guessing, I'd say their board looks like in terms of need, I'd say they'd be looking at tackle, edge rusher, a defensive tackle if one's there of, of great value to them. Absolutely. They would love that. I, I think the chances of that are just lower. And then in the secondary group, uh, after those three positions, I would say tight end is probably in the, amongst that group running back. And then probably, probably corner just because the safety class is so bad. I don't know that they'd even I don't know of anybody who likes the safety class, to be honest. Um, so I would say corners probably in that next group along with tight end and running back. And then wide receiver, they'd like to take one, I think, at some point here, but they know it can be a later guy, a project type um, if they need to. So, yeah, and I think linebacker and safety and interior offensive line and quarterback will be the position groups that are kind of like off to the side for them. I don't know that they'll be that concerned about those position groups in this class. So. Yeah, that's kind of my thoughts on the Bucks and where they're heading at those positions going into the draft and what their evaluations will be in the first, second, third rounds and kind of the positions that they'll probably target early if I had to guess. So hit the record button, get my sound bites here and play it back for me when I'm wrong on draft day and uh, make me uh, take an L on these uh, takes, these pre-draft takes, takes. But let me know if you agree, disagree, and uh, what you think about the Bucks draft. As always, if you go to Spotify and leave us a review and a rating. We really appreciate that. That helps boost our signal to other people out there as well. Um, and appreciate y'all being subscribers. If you are, there's going to be lots of dra- great draft content headed your way. We're going to be breaking down all the picks uh, this weekend, Shot and myself, and then Ollie and myself will be kind of going live, talking about the picks, talking about the drafts. And those podcasts will be sub- for subscribers. Uh, at least most of them will be. So make sure that you're subscribed. Even if you're just like, okay, I'll subscribe and just do the monthly that's great. Subscribe and do the monthly. Like it's just $5 for like, for all this draft content you're going to get over the next month. And then you can, you know, tell me to kick rocks after that. That's fine. Um, but yeah, that will be uh, coming up here this weekend. So get subscribed, spread the word, uh, send a message to your friends, family, loved ones, let them know this is the pod to be at uh, for all the draft stuff coming up this weekend. So appreciate y'all. Love y'all. Thanks so much for subscribing and for listening. We'll catch you again next time on another episode of audibles and analytics. Peace.